down in southwest Virginia. He's at the first and only Christian church there. And uh, we were talking on the phone. He said, you'll never guess what happened to me this week. And I said, what? And he said, well, my wife and I were home on my day off together. And uh, somebody was looking for us. And so they called the house. And my wife answered the phone because I was away. And said that she picked up the phone and said, hello. And they said, hello, I am uh, looking for the head hog of the trough at the first Christian church in town. I was told I could find him here. Well, she was a little taken back by that because she feels that there needs to be great respect for the minister, and not just her husband, but, but the minister. And she, she said, sir, I have you know that my husband is the minister and he deserves more respect than that. And he said, well, excuse me, ma'am, but... I am trying to give a sizable contribution of well over a million dollars to a local church in the community, and you were at the top of my list. She said, oh, I think I hear Porky coming now. <laughs> Arnold Ziffel for all you Green Acre fans. Uh, don't you like that show? You look back on it, and you're like, boy, that stuff's funny, but I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, it's good to see everybody this morning, so thankful you're here. Uh, let's uh, pray together as we begin our time of study. Father, thank you for bringing us here today and giving us uh, this wonderful opportunity to gather in your house and to worship you and praise you and just, uh, Father, collectively lift our voices to you. Uh, we are thankful for the reason that we are here, and it's Jesus. Lord, we can't be any more thankful for anyone else or anything else in this whole world but him. Father, you... Uh, you have just given us so much uh, through His selfless sacrifice. Lord, and Your willingness to send Him, His willingness to come, that we might be blessed. Lord, it was not for Your sake or Christ's sake or the sake of the Holy Spirit that He came and lived and died and rose again. But it was for ours. And so out of thankfulness, Lord, let us today and this moment and this time and Hopefully, as we continue on beyond this place, continue to remember the goodness of Christ and live to serve Him because of that goodness, because of thankfulness, out of joy and thanksgiving for what He's done. For we know it's through Your Word that, that we grow and change and become more like Jesus. So, Lord, we pray that as we Look at your word today that you will use it to help us become more like him. Let not my words be mine, Lord, but may they be yours. May you speak to the deepest parts of all of our spirits, even mine today, Lord, as I hear this message again. Father, that it might cause us to, to fall in deeper love and fondness of you. Be more firm, firmly committed to your cause and to your purpose in this world that we might be blessed and so that even more so than us, others might be blessed who, who do not yet know you like we do. We're blessed this time. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, please, and implore you, ask you, all but demand you, uh, to open them with me to First uh, Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, the scripture is also in your bulletin, and it's uh, also on the screen there for you as well, and they will follow along with my reading. 1 Peter chapter 1, 
I'm beginning in verse 10, and we shall read through verse 21. It reads like this. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, these prophets searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when He predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they are not serving themselves but you. And when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it is not with perishable things such as gold or silver that you are redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through Him you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him. And so your faith and hope are in God. This passage we have read rides the heels of verses speaking to the nature of sufferings and trials. Verses 6 and 7 that we read last week shares with us why such things, these sufferings and trials, even come our way. In verse 6, Peter said, In all this, and all this is speaking to the living hope of Jesus Christ through His resurrection power, which made possible our salvation. That's what the all this is. Again, I say, all this, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Listen to this. Pay very close attention to this verse. These have come. Again, these sufferings and trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I find it truly amazing how God can use even the most difficult and trying times and sufferings in our life for our good and His glory. When these sufferings are, are going on in our lives, we don't always tend to find it so amazing. But as I mentioned last week, when I look back, and hopefully when you look back, 
Though we don't look back fondly on what we went through and, and what I went through per se, I do look back fondly, and I hope you do as well, look back fondly on the deeper relationship with our Lord that was fostered as a result of that suffering, as a result of that trial, as a result of that hardship that we went through. Don't look back fondly on what happened, because I surely don't. But look back fondly on how much closer you cling to Christ because He was desperately clinging to you and I. Though suffering's not amazing always in the moment, it at least should be when we go back and, and reflect on just how much closer we have drawn to God in that promise that God has said He would draw near to us. In fact, it was in the midst of one of those sufferings in my life that I was, I was talking with a man about what was going on. I was telling him how I felt about it. And ultimately, we got onto a discussion about my wonderings of why we tend to suffer so much in the service of God. And it was in that moment that I've gotten some of the best advice I've ever received in my life. didn't come from a textbook. didn't come from a great scholarly work by somebody. didn't come from a world proclaimed preacher, it came from just a simple, simple man who, who simply lived life and served the Lord along the way. And he told me that, son, if you weren't working for the Lord, the devil would leave you alone. Let that sink in for just a second. That if you weren't working for the Lord, the devil would leave you alone. If you feel constantly attacked by the devil... Good. That means you are faithfully serving, trusting, hoping in the Lord. Amen? It's easy to say that when all things are good, but we need to remember that even when all things are not so good. As I proclaimed a few weeks ago, we need to be able to say in all times that God is good. Every single moment of every single day, whether we're on the highest peak of life or in the lowest valley, whether we're making a Facebook post about everything's going our way or that everything's going wrong, we need to be able to say at all times, God is good. That God is enough. That God is everything that we need and more. Not just at the end of the day, but all the time. God is good? All the time. And all the time? Let's say that one more time. I'd love to hear you say it. God is good? And all the time? Amen. We need to be able to say that even with but a squeak when things aren't going well. And proudly and boldly proclaim it when things are going well. So that might help hold us when things aren't. Church, is as hard as it may be to reckon with why there is so much blessing in difficult times, the truth is, is God gives us, when we hold fast to Him, the ability to smile through suffering. Because we realize that He is suffering right alongside with us. You see, we suffer because we not only have, but we are living out our salvation in and through our living hope, Jesus Christ. And the devil can't stand it. 
drives him nuts that we stand so firmly on the Word of God. And so he tries harder and harder and harder in the moments when we cleave closer to Christ and He cleaves closer to us. He tries harder and harder and harder each time to strain our relationship with Christ. He tries so desperately to do everything He can to pull us away and cause us to question that love that first saved us. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus has said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And though the devil cannot take us, pull us, or remove us from the love of God, he can cause us to question God's love for us. He can fill our minds with doubt. He can place temptation in front of us to distract us. Temptation that is as strong as the suffering itself or worse that we are going through. Temptation sent by the devil to weaken us further than the low that we are already experiencing. The devil sends temptation set forth to destroy any further hope of the suffering's alleviation in our life. Temptation is strong. And it comes after everyone. The devil has no prejudice. And it goes after those especially who have not humbled themselves before God and tears them down faster than anyone else. Church, we have to rest in Jesus Christ because temptation is strong. It seeks to cover our hope in Christ that we gained when we accepted Him as our Savior and committed ourselves to His service through baptism and the washing of our sins away. Temptation is strong, but it's not as strong as what Christ did in your heart and mine. Temptation is strong, but our salvation in Jesus Christ is stronger. Because our salvation, our freedom from sin, and our hope of eternal life is stronger than any suffering or temptation that we might face, we can stand up against it every single time. And though you may feel weak, if we cling to Christ, not on our own power, but on His, we can stand through any trial or any test, any suffering, any temptation that comes our way because we're not resting in our own power, we're resting in His. Church, Peter encouraged the early church and, and sequentially to, to us today to hold fast to the faith that we have professed because it will sustain us as God's power shields us. Because in Christ, who is the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, this Christ who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because of this Jesus Christ, because of His standing through suffering, we too can stand through suffering. He endured much temptation on every side. We are tempted by Satan's demons. He can't be all places at, at one time. He's not like God who is omnipotent and omnipresent. He, he can't be everywhere all at once. 
So he uses his demons, those angels that fell with him from heaven when it says that a third of the angels were swooped by his tail when he was cast down from heaven into the lowest pits of hell. He uses those demons to come after us, but he took Jesus on as his personal mission. The Bible says that Satan went right after him. He went right to Jesus and tempted him when he was at his lowest and most vulnerable point physically. But what helped him endure was his ability to be strong spiritually. He had been in that desert 40 days and 40 nights fasting from food. He was weak physically, but he was strong spiritually. Church, that needs to be us. Every day, we need to be strong spiritually that we might face the advances and the attacks of Satan and his demons because they are coming after us. We are a casualty of war. He is getting to God through us, the people that God loves, the souls that have been redeemed. He comes after us. He can't snatch us from the Father's hand, but He can do everything He can to encourage us to walk away. And He does His darndest. And over time, He gets much and much better at it. You give a man a time to work on his craft, and he will improve. And Satan certainly has. But yet God's love is the same. It's just as strong now as it will be in the future as it was in days gone by. We can continue to stand in the love of Christ and the salvation that we have received. And this salvation this grace that we have received from Jesus Christ is the one that Peter wrote about in verses 10 and 12 that he said the prophets spoke of and not for their benefit. The prophets spoke of Christ. They could only look forward to this Christ they were talking about. It wasn't for their benefit that they were talking about Christ, but it was for our benefit. They only spoke of what God revealed to them, but God has revealed to us perfectly who Jesus Christ is. We receive the benefit of coming after His selfless sacrifice and His resurrection, standing in this wonderful gospel that has been given and passed down to us. And we are so wonderfully looking forward, I pray, church, to His second coming, when at one time there were people who were only looking forward to the first. We stand in the fullness of God's plan for this world, only waiting on the fulfillment of the Son of God, as Paul said in Romans chapter 8, the sons of God, also the daughters of God, to be revealed as who God would have us to be, perfect in His presence. Church, we are blessed because of the faith of those who passed down what God had revealed to them to us. Had it not been for their willingness to speak about these mysteries and wonderful, how wonderful it is, this love of God that was sending Jesus, and then those who preached and proclaimed Him for the past 2,000 years since His ascension back into heaven, Church, we are blessed because of the faith that was lived out in the lives of others. We are here because somebody else told us about Jesus Christ. 
We are here because there are people who fostered our relationship with Him. We are only here because someone else accepted Jesus Christ and made it their mission to tell us. God is the one who does the saving work, but it is us, believers, who have, been accept, who have accepted Christ and accepted His call to help others know and believe in Him. It's only by us that they will ever hear the message. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Church, the Bible tells us that how lovely are the feet of those who bring good news. My feet are pretty gross. I'm just going to let you know. My mama's here and she can testify to that. Small living room, keep your shoes on. But even in that, my feet are beautiful to somebody. They are beautiful to someone I take the gospel to. And yours are too. Church people that came before us were tempted just as we are to turn away and to give up on the gospel that they bore. But they didn't. And because of their faith, their willingness to trudge on, we too today are blessed. Church, we are not the first people to suffer. And we will not be the last. And I'm going to tell you something that my high school math teacher told us when we would complain about not being able to do our homework because something happened. She told us that if you think it's bad for you, there's somebody in this world who's worse off than you are. Church, we are not the only ones to suffer. And the reality of it is, is we probably haven't suffered greater than someone else in this old world. And if they held the faith, kept it, we should follow suit in their example. Because they held it for us. But going back to Jesus, he held it for everyone else. He could have given up. He almost did in the garden had it not been for his prayers. He told his disciples, pray that you not fall into temptation. Jesus set the example himself and not just said those words, but he went and did it. He prayed, Father, let not my will but yours be done. Had he not prayed, his will would have been done. That is what the scriptures prove to us. Church, we are blessed because somebody else held out the faith when they were tempted to walk away, when they were tempted to sin, when they were tempted to give up. Church, we are the only way that the world will see Jesus. We are the only way that the world will ever hear of the way, the truth, and the life. The only way that anyone can come through to get to the Father. And church, we stand amidst the great cloud of witnesses. Those who have faithfully proclaimed the love, mercy, grace, and salvation of Jesus Christ. And because of this, Paul told us, because we stand in the midst of that great cloud of witnesses. He told us that we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles that we may run with perseverance the race marked out before us. God has shown us the way. He has given us the path to travel and He's asking us desperately to do it, not just for our sake, but for the sake of the increasing cloud of witnesses. God would have it that whosoever would call upon His name shall be saved. Church, we have to tell them. 
You must run and throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. We must flee from temptation. Flee from the advances of the devil so that people might still hear of Jesus. Peter said in in verse 13 of this passage that, that we have read that with sound minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. What he is telling us is that we have to keep fixing our eyes on that day because when we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ, there will be trouble. He is telling us to fix our eyes intently on him. Paul said, why do we continue to sin as if grace may abound? We need to continue to live in Jesus Christ, continue to walk in his love because we can easily walk away from it. Can I get an oh yeah from everybody on that one? Oh yeah. It's easy to sin, isn't it? Oh yeah. Real easy to give in to what we want to do that's not of the Lord. That, that ain't Jesus. It's real easy to give in to the things that ain't Jesus. Okay, I can stand and testify to that too. But Peter said with a sober mind, when we get sin out of the way, those things that alter our perspective and alter our vision, he's telling us with a sober mind we need to focus on him. Because let me tell you something, when my mind is clear and when I'm listening to the Lord, my only thought is Him. I hope you say the same thing. When we are focusing on Him and when we set Him in our, in our purview, the only thing we can see is Him and His goodness. So we must do everything we can and ask God for His help as David did in the Psalms so many times. Lord, cast these things away from me so I can serve you faithfully. You see, both Peter and, and Paul are in agreement that in order for the great cloud of witnesses to grow, that we must seek, above all, for the gospel to advance by not conforming to the evil desires that we had when we lived in ignorance. That's how Peter would say it. Paul would say it as William quoted this morning, chapter 12 of Romans and verse 2, do not conform any longer to the ways of this world, to the patterns of this world, but conform yourself to the renewing of your mind so that you might know what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. They are both in total agreement that when Christ is not our vision, we lose sight of Him. That we need to seek His holiness for ourselves. His holiness being His perfection and His, His purity, the very qualities of God. These are what we need to strive and and strain for. Because God has saved us from sin, death, hell, and the grave in joy for this salvation that we have received. In thankfulness, we should make holiness our priority. Now, we know that on this side of heaven, we will never be perfect. You might think you are. You know who you are. And I know who I am. I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying you're not because I know I'm not, that I'm better than you, so because I can't be perfect, you can't be perfect. All of us are on an equal playing field. As the old song says, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Everybody stands together in the fact that we need the grace of Jesus Christ because we are not perfect. Church, God 
has saved us. In thankfulness, we should make holiness our priority. Even knowing that this side of heaven will never be perfect, but listen to this, the pursuit of perfection keeps us in line with God's purpose for our lives and God's desire that the world will know Jesus Christ. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, he said this of himself and his very relationship with Christ, not that I have already attained this, this being fully knowing Christ and his fullness, becoming perfect himself. He said, not that I have already attained this or that I am perfect, but I press on to make it my own, to strive for perfection, he says, because Christ has made me his own. I go after Christ, he says, because Christ came after me. Paul served Christ because of all that he did for him. And Peter served Christ and pursued holiness because he wanted to do that in which God called him to do when he was birthed into the family of God out of thankfulness for God saving him from himself, from sin, from his failure. His past mistakes. Well, that was Peter and Paul. How about us? How about us? Do we serve Christ today? Have we accepted Him? Are we seeking to live out holiness in our life? Not because of anything we did, but because of all that Christ has already done. Because church, I need to tell you that a day is coming when the Father will judge each person impartially as to whether or not we are in His Son or not. The question is, because it's so black and white, where do we stand? I cannot answer this question for you. You cannot answer this question for me. Only the blood of Christ can. Where do we stand? stand because if that moment was now it would have to be clearly defined if that moment was now it would it would have to be clearly defined that are we living as if heaven is our home or are we living as if earth is all it is and let me tell you something the temptation is strong to think that way to think that that this is, is all it is, to feel as if this is all that we're ever going to experience, these 70, 80, 90-something years that, that we may be given if we're so fortunate. Where do we stand? Do we feel like we have a lot to gain in eternity, or do we even live if eternity matters? of all that we know and experience in this life, it's all going to pass away at the end of time and everything is going to stop mattering to us the moment that we die. The only thing that will matter that we can work on and strive for and seek to attain in this world is the gain of Christ in the deepest parts of our immortal soul. Because church, our soul is going to live on forever. But where it lives forever is very much up to us whether inside or outside of Christ, will determine for us whether we will live in heaven or hell. And I want to tell you today, both are very much real places. They are not a figment of our imagination. They are not nothing but an enigma. Not nothing, double negative. Proves the point. 
They are real places. And we cannot escape what is coming by pretending that they don't exist. Church, we may know people who are tempted not to believe this truth. Not just of heaven and hell, but of Jesus Christ. Maybe today you might be tempted to think that way yourself. But I implore you to overcome that temptation by the knowledge that God, the God of the universe, dorned Himself with the perishable things of this world. A body like ours that will pass away. He dorned this perishable that He might be able to create a bridge for us to dorn the imperishable. The life that shall last forever when our time comes to leave this world. I love these words from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised, though, imperishable. It is sown in, in dishonor, yet it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is raised a spiritual body. Your spirit will live on forever. Again, the question is where and with who? Will it be in heaven with Jesus? Or will it be in hell with Satan? I tell you, to me, the options, the choices are easy to make. But yet, there will be days where we will struggle to maintain that choice that we make. Church, heaven is only possible because of Christ who, who made redemption possible. Our living hope, who by His own precious blood offers us a way of escape from temptation, sin, death, hell, and the grave. And it was not for His sake. It was not for His sake, church, but it was for ours. Church, it was not for His sake that He came, but it was for ours that, that we might receive the benefits of, of living in a wonderful place where God always intended us to be forever, despite our sin. In a place where sin no longer has lingering effects because it just can't reside there. I love that. Church, I want to encourage us all today to not give in to the temptation that this is all there is, but to give in to the knowledge that we can have hope beyond even the strongest temptations of this world. Hope that Christ will do for us what He has said that we will do, that He will do. Would you pray with me? Father, I come to you now just asking that you humbly hear our prayers. That, Lord, you speak to the deepest parts of our souls and help us to know, Lord, that you are real, that you are still saving souls. And that, Lord, you very much want us to be with you. There's a lot of things that tries to pull our attention away from you, O oh Lord. There are a lot of things that try to get us to focus on it so that it takes our focus off of, of you and your goodness and your ways. Lord, it might satisfy for a while, but you've told us, and as we know, it does not satisfy forever. So, Lord, I humbly ask that you just fill this place. 
fill us all with your presence as we go about our days. That as temptation comes of whatever it may be, that we will desire above all to pursue holiness as we live to serve and please you. Strengthen us, Lord, in our deepest parts. Lord, for those who do not yet know you, may you call out to them today. That they will know where they stand with you. If in this moment they do not know. I pray these things and ask for your spirit to fall in Jesus name. Amen. We can have hope beyond any temptation that Satan throws us in this life. He does everything he can to keep us from faithfully serving him. Because he doesn't want us to serve God. And he doesn't want us to encourage others to serve him as well. So if you feel tempted, if you feel tried, if you're in a suffering, a, a temptation, a trial of, of, of any kind that is causing you just grief and pain, you feel as if your witness is hampered and your relationship with Christ is dwindling, come to the altar today and ask God to renew a fire in your heart. To stir your soul that you might follow and serve Him faithfully through what's going on so that He might use you again in the future. That you will look back upon this time and, and not think this is where I failed, but this is where God carried me. Let Him foster a deeper relationship with you in the midst of your sufferings and trials. If you do not yet know Christ, I pray that you would come today. I pray that you would give Him your heart and your life. Serve Him faithfully so that you might live forever with Him eternally. And that this life that you have, though there may be sufferings and trials that come, that you might be able to say that you lived this life with God. And even when it was rough, it was still good. Because God is good. May you come and offer yourself to Him today. And if you have any need that's going on in your heart and your life, maybe something physical, mental, spiritual, just anything I may not have covered, still come and give it to the Lord. And maybe you're praying for someone else. Maybe you're praying for someone who, who is struggling in their own testing, their own trial, their own sufferings of, of any kind. We know that things change when God's people pray. So bring their name to the Lord today. I offer that invitation to anyone who accepted as we stand and we sing.